0: Organizations pursuing a digital strategy will at some point in the journey need to address the issue of whether current aka legacy systems and processes are getting in the way of transformation journeys. Arguably, one of the most important considerations of any modernization, be it infrastructure, applications, or processes, is ensuring data remains protected and secured regardless of strategy taken. Notable in the annual Veeam 2022 Data Protection Report of the top change drivers in data protections is the placement of moving away from legacy solutions at the bottom of importance. In this podcast for future CIO, Dave Russell, Vice President of Enterprise Strategy at Veeam, shares his views on what's driving the widening data protection gap and how to narrow it. Why do you think respondents to the Veeam survey did not deem moving away from legacy hardware solutions as an important driver in their data protection strategy?
1: I don't think that necessarily is indicative of they are happy with their legacy hardware. It's just that pain point is not enough of an issue for them to change, meaning it could be a concern for them, but it's just not overwhelmingly going to lead to an issue in terms of swapping out solutions like missing service level agreements, like financial implications might be.
0: The Veeam report also revealed a data protection gap with 40% of respondents indicating inadequate backup or failure to meet SLAs as the top challenge in 2021. Now, is this gap because IT is too complex to provide protection across systems, including virtualized containers and shadow IT?
1: Good question, Alan. It's really a bit of all of the above, meaning the protection gaps are multitude of horizontally. We're having to address now more and more workloads. At the same time, though, we've got this compression or collapse between the difference between high priority and normal priority applications. So if I state it another way, we've got more and more applications being deployed on different kinds of uh, deployment models and infrastructure. And at the same time, we're asking as a business that all of these be made available. All of those dimensions put stress on the ability to meet that service level agreement.
0: Do the many different types of outages be they infrastructure, application, networks, servers, or even cybersecurity incidents, can all of these be attributed to the increasing use of complex heterogeneous systems, including on-premises, data centers, hybrid, and multi-cloud?
1: There's a probably a f- somewhat fair argument that, yes, the multi-deployment nature of that requiring arguably different skills, different levels of expertise, training, credentials, etc., could contribute to that. However, I think it traces back to the prior question that we just mentioned, which is it's probably more a matter of more and more data being deemed critical. And now any interruption, any discontinuity in service is going to be perceived as being ex- extremely noticeable compared to in the past and the past is only like five, seven years ago. So it's a bit of the multitude of threats. Now, of course, cyber is substantially higher than what we experienced even three years ago. However, it's probably the service level agreement more than anything else that's contributed to that, as well as now a bit of resource intensive knowledge required for all these different platforms.
0: We understand that there has been a noticeable increase in ransomware attacks since the pandemic started. What is the average duration of a ransomware attack from awareness to resolution, and is the resolution varying towards paying the ransom?
1: collectively as an industry, we don't actually fully know that injection and dwell time to launch time to resolution time. So that's four point injection, dwell, uh, launch. And then when someone got cyber cleansed, four different time frames there are vectors. We don't have great telemetry data on that. However, what we've seen overall somewhat anecdotally is that dwell time is increasing. That ability to try to get more and more subversive and sneak under detection mechanisms for the exact purpose of dwelling longer, trying to gain access to more systems for a greater period of time, and therefore distributing a greater dynamic effect is on the rise. Now, is there more of a trend towards paying the ransom in some cases we saw that in some countries for example i live in the united states it is illegal to pay the ransom Uh, now some organizations do but from a federal perspective meaning that the united states government has made paying a ransom actually an illegal event which is Confusing, if you will, meaning you're the one that's attacked. And if you choose to pay the ransom to try to come out of the situation, you could actually be in violation of a governmental regulation. Now, we've had no evidence of that actually being enforced. But is paying the ransom on the rise? Increasingly now, it's not. If you would have asked me this about a year ago, I would have said it actually is on the rise. The reason why I think it's actually starting to trend downwards is we have more and more evidence that. after an organization is paid once, it will be extorted again. And sometimes this is referred to as double extortion, meaning if you don't pay me, I will leave your data encrypted after you pay me, then I will Threaten to leak that data or exfiltrate that data and publish that out, which could include everything from customer names to potentially other compromising materials. So, with that as a backdrop, more and more organizations are self-assessing that it's not in their best interest, actually, to pay the ransom.
0: Among the many backup approaches, point in time, full, incremental, differential, and continuous backups. Are backup strategies today changing as companies opt to back up to the cloud?
1: Interesting question and the reason I say interesting is even on prem we see a difference in terms of the approaches oftentimes being taken from a cloud perspective it deviates even further meaning the majority of organizations don't believe that they're going to recover to 2 weeks ago a month ago backup so what that basically means is the notion of differentials and probably has gone by the wayside what i see more and more is incremental forever but forever is not elongated, meaning incremental forever in the cloud is typically 14 days or less associated with that, which from a garbage collection perspective, from a reclamation perspective, has pretty major implications, meaning that makes it easier, frankly, for the backup solution to be able to tend to those types of environments.
0: As a follow on to that, would artificial intelligence in backup narrow the data protection gap and reduce failed recoveries?
1: Good question there, because at Veeam, we've taken our best practices from our collective customer service organizations globally. We have we have a Hadoop cluster, a big data cluster that we actually mine to look at what are all the trends worldwide. And through our companion solution called Veeam One, which is our reporting analytics, uh, engine, we can actually optionally proactively send out definitions or signature files of common errors that we see, as well as common resolutions that we would suggest. Now, someone could even automate that, meaning here's an issue that Veeam has identified, go ahead and take that automated action. Or what's probably more likely as an organization would say, thank you for reporting that. I'm going to investigate that and I'm going to listen to Veeam's recommendation, but I don't want you to necessarily just do that without my okay. But, you know, the point there is that we are using a combination of artificial intelligence and machine learning to suggest common, not just Veeam problems, configuration problems in the environment overall, our storage infrastructure problems overall, and recommend best resolution courses of action for our customers.
0: In terms of Veeam's data protection offerings, to what extent are automation technologies being used to improve overall outcome and speed?
1: great point in terms of improving success rate improving arguably the overall outcome and the speed so we we've done a number of things within our being products to try to automate capabilities to do automated verification. We were the first to market with that. We were first to market with instant recovery of machines so you could get your data back faster. We also introduced a capability a companion product we call the Veeam Disaster Recovery Orchestrator that not only documents your disaster recovery plan for you, keeps it up to date as your environment may change, and it also even self-tests or self-verifies the solution for you. Because to your point, this is not a a statement on, are the administrators less capable? Because that's not true. I always hated this, the phrase. I don't hear it often anymore, but back in the time, you know, like 10 years ago or so, we used to hear the phrase, the dumbing down of the administrator. That was ridiculous, in my opinion. That was never the case. People didn't get any less intelligent. It's that people got overtaxed. People got overwhelmed by the number of things that they had to contend with. So at Veeam, our goal has been to programmatically bake into the solution, Automated verification, automated best practices, automated testing of various capabilities so that the administrator, he or she, doesn't have to be tasked with doing that.
0: That was Dave Bruzel, Vice President of Enterprise Strategy at Veeam, responding to questions about addressing data protection gaps in 2022. You are listening into to Podchats for future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.